and welcome to Comagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm feeling dandy for a Monday. It's a Monday. And I'm Jim Dandy. Jim You'll Dandy. Have okay. a Jim, Jim Dandy, dandy time. time. Wow. For anybody from Scranton who that recognize that yeah, uh that was deep cut. That was for that sure. Was, Clark like. Summit restaurant Jim Dandy's, which yeah. is uh a, Is it still open? Hopefully it's God, still hope open. So. I hope so. Hopefully. And hopefully they're still running those commercials. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, today, we're looking at a film that won Spike Lee his first Oscar, Black Klansman. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? What does everybody have? Today, this- I just have water. It's just some bubbly Ooh. water, watermelon flavor. Did I see that bubbly now has Michael Buble as their spokesperson? Is that for real? Really? Are you making that up or is that true? I'm pretty sure that's That's true. We need to fact check that. Fact check. Fact check. Okay. Um, Siobhan does not remember Jim Dandy. I don't know how you don't, Siobhan. What? I cannot tell a lie. I I don't know how you missed that. Okay. Katie is drinking One Hope Merlot from the Vintner Collection. It's delicious for, for a cool evening, though it's supposed to be 60 degrees tomorrow. I'm just going to keep pretending. Uh, we have not talked about this in a while. Any exciting One Hope uh, info that we need to share with the people? It's it's shipping everywhere. I mean, yeah, really we ship it all over the place. Everywhere. You know, we're doing good things. I just sent off two donations from uh, most recent wine tastings. And that's just it's very cool. You know, <laughs> people buy wine. I send donations to charities. It's really what's not to love about it. Nothing. No, no. And it's delicious Bye. wine. That's yeah, by the one. By the one. Uh, so I am drinking uh, Baxter Brewing Company Hop Trist IPA. Oh, that's a little Hop bit, Trist. a little bit sexy, Brian. Well, I like that can. A uh, naked back, is, provocative. A, a main beer company, and mm-hmm. we know I love my main beer. Mm-hmm. It is love delicious. Main. The main. Beer. Jim and main I are going to get best. some main beer this fall. Mm-hmm. Heading up to Bar Harbor. Ooh, my favorite. Wedding. My wedding in Bar Harbor, Brian. I might crash this wedding. You're invited. You're welcome to. I might just I might just come because I film it. Yeah, Yeah, we'll just say that you're the entertainment. I could perform the ceremony. Remember, I am a licensed minister. You know what? We'll just tell them that you're on deck, Mm -hmm. you know, just in case anything happens to whoever's supposed to be. They only need to give you beer and pretzels. That's very easy. Very I'll easy. actually bring my own beer because I know some breweries in the area. Right. Just, there's a VHS. We're of Care Bears staying at a, at a house, at a big house. I am yeah. sure that you'd find a couch open someplace. Yeah. So I don't. I get pool or a pond works for me. Yep. Yeah. Pond's probably better. All right, what are you? Uh, what, what are <laughs> he, we doing? He, he told uh, us what he's drinking. What's next? Uh, yes, What's okay. next? Uh, oh, OK. Here we go. Fact check. Mm-hmm. Uh, OK. So a couple of things from last week's show. Katie asked the fact check. She was curious about Oscar wins and mm-hmm. other things. Mm-hmm. So I did some research this week. Uh, only three other films have ever won all the major five awards. That's impressive. Director, actor, actress. Um, picture mm-hmm. and screenplay either mm-hmm. adapted or original mm-hmm. uh the first one ever was it happened one night in 1934 Which was basically the beginning of the oscars and film so it was probably yes. the only film nominated what is, <laughs> we don't know <laughs> the oscar the goes oscar to the did, only did, movie that was did, made this did year <laughs> go to birth of a nation thank god yeah that, that doesn't do that. um the second film was in 1975 one flew over the cuckoo's nest tremendous mm-hmm. 
with Jack Nicholson. And of course, 1991 was Silence of the Lambs. Now, eight other films have, in fact, been nominated for all five before Mm -hmm. and won zero. So they got nominated for all but one zero. It feels like that shouldn't be able to happen. Yeah. Yeah, Like if it's, you know, it's good enough to be happening. Yeah, but if it's good enough to be nominated for all of those categories and then not win a single Oscar, that feels that's crappy. Like well, little women, I don't know. I'm just saying. Just feel like just because you make the playoffs doesn't I mean, mean you, you just get talk, spread the wealth. Spread the wealth is what I'm saying. It, yeah, but who, what if a different film beat needs, them in each category? Who needs five Oscars? Nobody needs well, five you, Oscars. You need one. Yeah, but are <laughs> you missing the point? I understand. Your logic makes no sense. No, I know that. <laughs> Since when has my logic ever made sense? I don't. True. Do, I don't do logic. Uh, you, you think you I would stop by now? You, I do. No. I do heart. I do gut. I don't do logic. <laughs> I'm not sure your gut is steered you in the right direction. Hey, it got, it got me this far, so I'm just gonna <laughs> easy. Okay, <Brian>. let's move <laughs> on. I mean, um, just just as an aside, uh, the most Oscar wins of all time is a three way tie: Ben Hur, Titanic, and Lord of the Rings: I can't Return believe. of the King all have 11 Oscars. I can't believe Titanic won 11 Oscars. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie in so we're gonna, long. We're going to watch Titanic at some point. We have to. Who was, who was, you know somebody, why? You know what's funny is that... was talking about that and said they had... Maybe it was Tim from Pop Battle saying he had a better... I can't remember if it was him, like a better... Um, like feeling towards the movie or better understanding. I think I haven't him. seen it since the theater. Same. Um, on Unspooled, it was funny because I think Amy is a huge Titanic fan because yes. it was like her her age and what's his name is her favorite director. Um, but Paul went into watching it like he was going to hate it. And he said it was actually pretty incredible. All right. All right. Well, okay. we'll think about that somewhere down the line. Maybe for next year's yeah. uh, Valentine's Oscar. Valentine's Day episode next yeah. year. <laughs> We got to do another oh. Rachel McAdam movie. <laughs> oh, Every that's year, true. Valentine's Day. Oh, Wedding weekend. Crashers. Oh, that's good. Um, uh, oh, okay. One of the other things we talked about was Katie's. Uh, we got to talk about Chris Isaac last mm-hmm. week. And Love him. He had yeah. never seen the Wicked Game trailer, mm. or excuse me, uh, music video. So yeah. we played a, a portion of it before we went on yep. the air for uh, Jim. Do we have it set? Can we just hear? This is no. really just no. my. Uh, excuse to play more Chris Isaac music. Katie, what did you think of the video? Having well, seen- you suggested that we should have had a camera on me while I was yes. watching it. I was thinking I was very happy that we didn't. I I was, I enjoy that video. Yeah. yeah. Though there's too much sand. I don't like, I yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. I, the, running on the sand is fine, but the sand on their faces when they're still standing, I'm confused. I think they were just smearing it they, on each other. They were yeah. just rubbing Three sand yards. on each other's faces. Sand. Everywhere. It was very reminiscent of um, Smashing Pumpkins with the when you sell an ice cream and they, they put sm- smear the paint all over the truck. That I have seen. I am yeah. familiar with that one. And then there's the commercial with Jimmy the Cab Driver. And Helena Christensen is absolutely gorgeous, but I'm not sure she's legally of age in this video, and that makes me feel a little bit awkward. Oh, I'm sure she is. You think so? I don't I know. Well, it's, it's Hollywood those in the Aerosmith videos so, with so a very young Alicia... What's her face? Yeah, she was she was born in oh, sixty eight. Yeah, so okay. she's fine. Alicia Silverstone was definitely like fifteen. Yeah, she was really young. She was really young. 
<laughs> just uh, another reason to have Chris Isaac music on here. Uh, so that's Wicked Game. And if you have not seen that oh, video in God. a long yeah. time, it is I mean, something seriously. else. Uh, and then just finally, in sad news, one of my favorite authors of all time oh, passed away oh, this week, Clive Cussler, uh, who we do movies on this and only had really two movies ever made. One raised the Titanic in the 80s, which mm-hmm. was not a big hit. The second Sahara with Matthew McConaughey, like which is a one. fun, which is a fun, fun action mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I loved Clive Cussler. He's the reason I started reading a lot, you know, um, no offense to my English teaching friends in high school. They don't necessarily pick books that are engaging for teenage boys. Uh, hence, our reading is not at the highest level at points. Mm-hmm. And I uh, fell in love with reading because of him. That's He's passed. So lived 88 years old, has published God knows how many books, tons of New York Times bestsellers. So, Kyve Cussler, goodbye. To Kyve Cussler. The Cheers. best. Um, all right. With that in mind, it is now time for the rundown. So Chris Matthews literally just quit on air on MSNBC before we recorded this episode. Yeah. Uh, so, Katie, this is your audition. Oh, yeah. wow. Deliver. Oh, my you gosh. You could be the new host of Hardball, potentially. This Go is Katie DeSanto with your Hardball Rundown. Uh, Ron Stallworth is a black rookie cop stuck working in the records room in his Colorado Springs precinct. Until he gets the opportunity to work undercover and infiltrate the KKK. With him as the brains and Adam Driver as his face, uh, what could go wrong? One friendship with David Duke later and Ron becomes the first card carrying member of his local chapter of the KKK. Hijinks ensue. All right. So this was katie's choice first of all i want to commend you on getting a character's name correct i think yeah i actually did not even need to look it up well they said I, it about six million a, times yes in the i movie. appreciated that <laughs> and then it was repeated in the credits yeah yep that that is one of my favorite things about how does this get made when they talk about films where they're constantly repeating yes. the character's name at yeah. nauseum but it helped this it film helped is me a lot all time for it yep at least it made sense in this film. Yes, so, it did. Yeah. And the way the way they said it was funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but still. Uh, so, Katie, this was your selection for our Oscar film mm-hmm. choices. Uh, what drew you to Black Klansman? Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy Mr. Washington. And I, I had heard great things about this movie. And I started watching it at some point and was really into it. And then I paused because I wanted to watch it with Jim. And that had not happened yet. So when we decided we needed Oscar movies, this was an easy pick for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, So based on a true story, um, how, you know, I, one of those things always how much true it is. I tried to do some research and a lot of it seemed to be is, you know, as close as these movies tend to be. I mean, sometimes they go in wildly different directions, but um it tells a true story of an, like Katie said, an African-American detective in the 1970s who infiltrates the KKK uh, and Adam Driver, who we love, who's always good. And I feel like almost everything he is 
in plays the white detective who has to pretend to be Ron Stallworth. And we get to see the sheer idiocy of the KKK (laughs) on display um, with the buffoons that are part of the Colorado Springs Ku Klux Klan movement. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not know that this was based on a true story until we got to the credits and saw Ron Stallworth's name as writer of the book. Are you serious right now? I did not know. The first line, there's a title that says this is based on some faux real shit, faux oh, real yeah, shit. We, and you yeah. were like, oh, wait, what did that say? Did, and I told you <laughs> what it said. You didn't tell me that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then I forgot. Is this happening right now? <laughs> I forgot that we had that conversation. Oh. <laughs> In the middle of the movie, I was I was honestly thinking, like, man, who comes up with this concept? Like, this is bananas. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, this only reinforces my thought that every film you two should watch should be live streamed via Facebook Live. No, just because that doesn't me, become funny till days later. Like, have a webcam and just roll on it so that we can Jesus. play audio. <laughs> of it when something like this happens. Um, so this won Spike Lee an Oscar. Shockingly, had never, won, never had won an Oscar before. Mm-hmm. Won it for screenwriting. You know, this is an adaptation of a book. Uh, and the screenplay was fun. I enjoyed it, but I had some issues with it. Do tell. Can I, can yeah, I confront yeah. Yeah. One of the, uh, first of all, Probably the biggest issue I had was I felt there was a very odd tonal balance to this movie at points, you know, like, and I don't know quite how to say it. So let me get into some of the stuff I liked and then we could get to, I thought the performances were great. Uh, Denzel Washington's son, John David Washington. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be in the Christopher Nolan movie Tenant, which is I absolutely can't wait to see. Adam Driver, all the secondary performances, great. Steve Buscemi's brother. Steve Buscemi's brother. Yes. So everything about it, I thought. I thought Spike Lee's direction was guy. Everything. There were just elements that felt weird to me at points where I wasn't quite sure. And it was. I don't know if it was trying to be satirical at points, which I'm sure it was. Certain segments just felt off to me. Not that it wasn't a great movie, but there was, I remember at the time, there was a lot of anger maybe that, oh, Spike Lee should have won Best Director, should have won Best Picture for it. And I don't put it quite to that level. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I was comparing it to Do the Right Thing as I was watching and still feeling like Do the Right Thing has just a little bit of a leg up on it. Um, for me, it was a few of the moments with the music where I just felt like the pairing of the music with what was going on, it was distracting to me. Maybe that it it wasn't enhancing the scene or setting the tone of the scene. It was, it was jarring in a way that didn't make sense. Well, Um, it it just didn't, for me, it didn't fit with like what was happening in that moment. Well, and also towards the end of the movie, this happened for me a couple of times as well. Like at the end, when he's told to get off the case, you know, after they've already kind of solved it and give it away, the bomb went off. The clam was trying to blow something up. Mm-hmm. 
And then they're all laughing at David Duke on the phone. It just had this weird tonal thing. And then it kind of, the way it ends is a little weird. And then Spike Lee goes into all the footage from Charlottesville and stuff like that. And it just, I agree. I I, felt, I understand why he wants to do it. And I think it's important that he wants to do it, but it felt the editing felt a little choppy to me in story. And part of that could be with all these movies, you know, what movie came to my mind a lot when I was watching this, a beautiful mind with Russell Crowe, which won a best picture, but it was similar vein, like a, a a story about a real person in almost a surreal situation. And you're trying to tell a condensed version of a story and that always, I feel, leads to maybe a little bit choppier narrative than you would think, because you're trying to tell a movie that something that played over a longer period of time and you're condensing characters, people into single characters and things like that. And I thought the screenplay was great, but maybe that was part of my issue with this. Well, so I think for me, understanding at the end that it was written by that detective, right, that it was it was based on his telling of the events made a few of those things make a little bit more sense to me because I too felt that at the ending, like it, it felt too, again, to contrast it against do the right thing. Um, There's no happy ending at the end of do the right thing, right? Like you still feel very unsettled. Um, And I think you get that feeling with the footage from Charlotte, but it felt too much like Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Thank you very much. Um, it felt too much like a celebration of Ron's victory and maybe not an acknowledgement of, I don't know, that that, that this is just a, a small piece in a really giant, disturbing reality, right? Yeah, so I, I think it's just a little bit messy because things are messy. And I think there are a lot of aspects to this one issue and I don't think Spike Lee is dumb enough to distill it down and try to make it black and white and, and, and really say that like, this is the issue. I think a lot of this movie, you have Ron in the middle of a lot of these, like these tensions sort of like Mookie in Mm -hmm. do the right thing. Um, and I, th- and I think there's a lot of, you know, it's really com- it's a really complex situation for that character, right? He's always wanted to be a cop. You get that. You get, and he's falling in love with a woman who hates cops because of you know the experiences that uh, African Americans have had with with police officers at that time. Um, and I think yeah, so I. I think it's a tough job to tell this story as someone who is so um, knowledgeable about all the possible, you know, moving parts here. And, and so like I, the thing I did like about his direction is the way that he, he like played the two scenes of like the clan meeting and, and the, the um, black student union meeting. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh man, is he really leaning into the fact that like Ron's in between these two groups and these two groups are sort of the opposite ends of the spectrum. But I don't, I don't think that's what he's saying. I think he's, he's really saying like, listen to these people telling a retelling of a really 
personal true experience that's horrific and then these other people that are sort of like 10 degrees separated from anything that makes any sense at all having these strong feelings that they are owed something and 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 have created something i i i felt with this movie that i would need to watch it a few more times to try to pick out the things that Spike Lee is trying to like really come come forward because I oh. think similar to do the right thing I don't think he, I mean and and I haven't listened to anything that he said so maybe but for me when I watch do the right thing and then this I don't think he's making an extreme point I I think he is telling some stories yeah showing you agreed. some things and letting you kind of make up your mind which is a way more powerful than being told what to think, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, agree. And yeah. I, I think when I said the way it was edited, maybe that was overly harsh because I love the way that sequence was edited. Yeah. In particular, I guess my point is when it got towards the end and they bust the racist cop in the bar and the way that it, that almost felt like a dream to me. Yes. Like I would yeah. do, 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 yeah, 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 maybe yeah. that was just me. Do you, I mean, I was like, that's what I mean about totally well, feeling a little bit. And I, maybe I'm often just not understanding what he was trying to get across there because that it almost felt like TV ish to yeah, me. Like, well, there oh, were other God, parts that felt like that, that too. Weird. And I, I, I didn't get, and maybe I need to rewatch it to understand that because I think the other choices he made were so interesting and so good throughout the film. That part just jumped out at me and I kept sitting there waiting for the foot to drop. I'm like, is this a joke? Cause why is this captain so happy now? And why are these, and they're all yucking it up. Like it's a 1970s comedy. And yeah. I, I didn't quite get that. And I felt like maybe I was missing something. And then, it, then it was that tonal shift of he's in the apartment and the two of them walk out with the guns and then it cuts to the Charlottesville stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, am I, maybe I wasn't watching it deep enough to understand what that tonal shift was there. But there were points at other points in the movie, and I think Katie's right with the music, where it sets something up that I, I don't know. I felt an imbalance at points in mm -hmm. what terms. So maybe that wasn't. Or I don't. I don't want to critique yeah. his direction because I think the direction was interesting, and I think the editing was good. I, I think maybe I was missing something. I don't know. I felt. I thought. Yeah. I I thought the music, while it was like period appropriate, it wasn't as like special connect it like like a, a tarantino, like tarantino. Yeah, yeah, that's right. what i mean that would be no. like tarantino would pick stuff yeah that always feels like it fits perfectly and and we already talked about spike lee's use of music and do the right thing yeah, it was and how awesome. that was so perfect i i don't know there was just something i was slightly so, off for me at points with this movie you know there's a big difference in that he is working off of source material for this and that the author is very much alive and i don't know how much he was connected to the making of the movie but i would imagine that as a director and a screenwriter that you feel the need to honor that source material and so i'm wondering just if you know if we were to read the the memoir if that you know, taking down the corrupt cop who, well, which I, I was fine and I wanted. But this I is wanted what that. you were talking about right now is exactly what they won the what he won the Oscar for. 
was for adapting adapting it. it. Yeah. yeah, no, I know. So, and well, it's hard I, to evaluate that I, I, not knowing the original yeah, piece. I, it was interesting. Is is my my problems not even with that it was done. It just felt like there was something in that sequence, whether it be the editing, the music, the direction that was given that made me feel like, is this kind of surreal? I don't know if this is really happening. Yeah. And right. what I'm not understanding is Spike Lee's way too talented for that not to be purposeful. Yeah. So I'm just wondering what maybe did I miss something about that and why he made that choice to do it in that way. Well, I think I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I think so. I, I think he did it on purpose to to lighten some of the movie and in a way was sort of like that tone was very much like a buddy cop movie. Yeah. And that's like from you know from that time period because you have those scenes where they are sort of you know making fun of each other and just being funny around each other. And then the captain, like the typical like captain yelling at the the yelling at them for for shooting and and the lie detector test and stuff like that. Um, but I think the end piece is sort of like, yeah, like they're they're yucking it up and, and arresting that that police officer who who's awful. Um, and but I think he did want to leave you on a note of like while all that's great, like every day when this guy answers the door, he's going to be scared for his life. Um, yeah. And so I, I think his tonal shift is purposeful. Whereas like, I think do the right thing was like a ramp up to that tone shift that this was like more of an, more Mm -hmm. of an up and down. Um, and whether that works for you or not is obviously like your personal preference, but yeah. And I mean, I think his ability to take you on that ride, and we talked about this with Do the Right Thing, you know, the the discomfort that you sit with in watching those scenes, um, to me, is it's so important, right? Like, I, I, it just feels like it's something that we should all have to do, right? Mm-hmm. To to sit in that, the scene with the the cops pulling over Patrice, um, you know, the four folks in the car, like uh, it makes your skin crawl. And to see a scene like that and to have that feeling like, no, th- this is more common, more typical than any of us would would want to mm-hmm. believe than any of us would want to, you know, agree to. Um, one of the interesting changes that I thought Spike Lee made was apparently the, the change in time period. And so the the book, the I'm sorry, the events happened in 1979 and Spike Lee rolled it back and made it 1972, which I think is interesting because uh, to me that that does that's a significant that's seven, seven years difference. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the the turn into 1980 and we're still seeing. Yes. Right. Like that. Kind yeah, well, of, I, mean, of, yeah, I mean, certainly the, the you know, the fear of like the Black Panther movement and stuff mm-hmm. like that is much more. um much more of an issue in the early seventies, you know, by the late seventies, I'm not saying it's not an issue anymore, but when you get in the Carter and the Iranian hostage, you know, it yeah. was not. Well, and people want to believe that the like KKK that. and really just like racism in general are a thing of like the Jim Crow South and that it doesn't expand farther than that, you know? And so to look at like Colorado, 1979. Um, well, it's interesting because Martin Luther King actually would always had always said that the most the worst 
um, Marchy had to ever deal with was in Chicago wow. when they were trying to get affordable housing in Chicago. And it was horrific. And if you see the video of it, it was in some ways he felt more appalling than what was taking place in the Jim Crow South. And, th- and that carries over, I think, a little bit. I will give Spike Lee and not that I have to give Spike Lee credit because he's amazing. But the fact that he was able this is a heavy topic, but I think it's kind of a fun movie to watch. The, like, oh, yeah. the performances of it and stuff. It is a real like it, when I, I don't I, I feel like at points I'm when I don't want to come down too heavy on this film because it's a really good film. Oh, it's so good. Know? Yeah. But it's really enjoyable to watch. And he balances that in a way like so I question that one little tonal thing that I'm actually feeling better now having talked it out with you guys in terms of what he was doing. But the, the performances are so fun, so engaging. Yeah. And yet at the same time, it is such obviously such a serious issue. And Jim hit on it perfectly. He doesn't hit you over the head. He just allows kind of the characters to immerse you in the experience. And you start to think about it. Yeah. I did want to talk about Paul Walter Hauser, who plays Ivanhoe. Who, oh, my God. He is a ridiculous character. Um He's a ridiculous character in the other movie I noticed him in, which is I, Tanya, where he plays the bodyguard. Oh, does Jeff go? Uh, <laughs> yes, oh, oh, yes. This? Yes, it is. And if you've never seen that, he is just as ridiculous. And he's the star of Richard Jewell, which I didn't yes, see. Yes, I forgot um, about that. Yeah. But he is great in this movie and so weird. There's like that scene in the in the, in the the church right before... Um, where uh, Ron Stallworth gets assigned to be David Duke's oh, uh, security, which I, I think it was kind of a a missed opportunity to like give the captain a little nod after that whole thing and say like he did that on purpose to piss off the clan. Yeah, that can because you would not that, do that unless you wanted to well, piss them off. Well, exactly, <laughs> and that that maybe is one of the things that threw me off tonally as well towards the end part is I never really got that captain like I got the part where he's like you have to destroy your files and stuff because obviously that came from somebody above but But, so I see I don't know if I was giving that as credit to the captain I thought that that was some sort of a underhanded way of like putting him in danger I like, don't think you want to do that, though. There's it, no benefit. I agree, but I thought... Yeah, it doesn't that. make any sense with otherwise. All, with all of the guys saying, though, like, they know his voice, like, that, like there were too many risks, and it does end up kind of being the boiling point, right? right? right Where, right. like, there's somebody there looking at him and yeah. looking at Adam Driver and putting pieces together. Right, but I, I don't understand why you would... I mean, to do that is also an affront to David Duke's sensibilities, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you don't do that's that. Yeah. So like y- you wouldn't do that without knowing all those things that we just laid out. I guess so. I know, but that, I, I, I guess just that think he would go in with issue, another I cop. Think. Like I, I yeah. can't imagine sending him in alone. Right. Like, yeah, just, I don't like know. that's, that's just going to all work out there fine. Is, there, there is yeah, some weird. confusion at, at point. Again, I'm going to chalk that up to this is, you know, a, a condensing of a really big story into yeah. <laughs> you, know, you have to move the pieces along here. Yeah. Um, the portrayal of the Ku Klux Klan in this movie is tremendous in terms of like 
I, I don't even know how to say it. Like you're, you're watching it and you're like, I don't want to say you're angry. Well, you're kind of angry, but it's more like just like these people are effing pathetic. You know how like sometimes these movies, I think of like uh, Mississippi Burning, which is an amazing movie, but you're just like angered mm-hmm. by the clan in that movie. You just get this this bile in your in your throat thinking about them. Um, and And that's certainly justifiable to feel that way. To me, this movie just shows them to be so so infantile so juvenile so pathetic that you that it's it's almost humorous like like how pathetic they are yeah. in some well i i also but but i think it's worth mentioning that he spike lee's making a a very valid point here that this was like a turning point for them in the fact that someone like david duke who is still Relevant oh, still, yes, he's in the end clip at Charlottesville. Was was really changing their their culture so that they could affect policy, and and I don't think you should just gloss over that. So like, as no, silly no, no, and, I, yeah, he yeah. was very different. I yeah. I just meant like the way the 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 Colorado Springs crew and by well, no, I know, but it's important to I think it's important and even more relevant that um. Smart, um, politically minded folks can really take advantage of a bunch of stupid people, oh, right? And true. so, like, further, to further their own cause. Yes, agenda. yeah, and and that was very apparent in this movie. Um, and there were actually numerous jokes and tie-ins to our current situation throughout this film. Who's the most disturbing character in this movie? You think? Oh, the wife who, who uh, has to be right. Yeah. Does she not have to be? I mean, I, that I was thinking about this. I often think about those types of things. It just in movies like which character is this? Like which character is the most terrifying? It is the wife, isn't it? To give a little background, if you've never seen the movie, there's a a wife of one of the clan's members, the most militant of all the the clan's members, and they host the clan meetings in his house, etc. And the wife is just beholden to this man and plays the role of planting the bomb. That's the I guess is, you know, what their goal was, was to blow something. Yeah, that just felt I know that really that felt just more like as a narrative point, like we had to get the this to something in the end. And she's involved in this and blows it up. She is terrifying, but I I mostly find her really sad. Uh, like yeah, that's almost true. more of like an abuse. Uh, maybe like yeah, that could you know, be. I mean, like, you look at her. She somebody she's her. manipulated, right? Yeah. Whereas to me, the cop. Oh, the cop! Wow. I forgot about that. Well, that goes without saying. Because I feel that, like he's so. Just... There's a difference between somebody who, for all of the reasons, low self-esteem, probably abusive childhood, ends up being in a situation where yeah. they just do horrendous things, right? Um, where they where they are being emotionally controlled manipulated but to be in a position of power like that police officer and then use that power to to abuse others like that like i i couldn't he made my skin crawl so that scene at the end what did work for me was that shift 
from like when you don't realize that so that, that you know this they're is gonna part, get him right yeah. right that this yeah. is an investigation and they're gonna take down the corrupt cop and he slides up next to patrice and you know you've is that seen, file you've seen him earlier in the movie put his hands on her and i'm like how is she so calm like just kind of like calling him out yes, really calmly i'm like oh my yep. god like how is she able to just say these words so calmly and then you find out that like it's all been a, a, a plan to get you know to yeah. get rid of him and so that like i was there with that like the triumphant and, and if that really happened right like if that now patrice was a fictionalized character so okay. that's the part that's a little bit problematic there where it's like so i'm sure i'm assuming that there was a piece of the story where they did get rid of a you know a corrupt cop oh i'm um, sure we're but oh, or if cop, they didn't, but... there was obviously occurring. I oh, mean, sure, sure, sure. Oh, absolutely. Board. Oh, well, and I guess that was the part that surprised me. I was like, oh, okay. So th this is that abnormal that they are able to actually like affect change and getting rid of him. Well, yeah. I then, was feeling like that's probably well, and, more and the that's, norm, right? And that's maybe what threw me off a little bit about that whole sequence as well. Because after they bring him down, they go back and all the cops are high-fiving him and the thing and everything we ever see about police is this idea that even if it's the biggest piece of garbage people aren't usually like i, right. I don't know no it, i agree that's i agree um yeah lots of interesting characters I, I gotta admit i had up until this point not knowingly uh seen john david washington in anything mm. i was trying to think um i don't know what else he's even been in uh, we watched Ballers. him on Ballers. He's in the HBO Ballers. show Ballers, see, I don't watch, yeah. I see, where he's I don't basically watch. playing like a, like a, not a Terrell Owens, but he's a wide receiver who's like uh, very talented, but has off the field problems. And we just right. saw him in something else. I know he's going to be in Tenet, but we saw him in another movie. We did? We did. Look him up. All right. Well, anyway. by the way, signed by the St. Louis Rams was a legit oh, football no way. player. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Uh, he is awesome. Yeah. And now I'm even more excited for Tenet because I loved him completely in this role. Uh, when he starts doing it, I didn't pull any uh, audio on this. I wish I had that uh, Ron Stallworth white guy voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. When, so funny. When, when he calls Topher Grace. So Topher Grace really good as David Duke yes. in this movie, which couldn't have been an easy role to play. Uh, honestly, as an actor, because actors love to immerse themselves in who these people are. Also, Ryan Engold, uh, who I used to, I don't watch it anymore, but I love The Blacklist, and he was awesome on The Blacklist for who so was long. He, in, in... he was um, on the uh, he was the leader of the clan, the guy with the mustache. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he I thought was really. I just thought the performance in Adam Driver is. Um, I, I don't know. He's, He's just one of the guys. He was in. Uh, Logan Lucky. Have you guys seen that yet? No, it, but I heard it's it, very good. Oh, so good. Him, Daniel Craig, um, Channing Tatum. It's on Prime if you haven't seen another great. It's like a heist movie that he's in. It's fun. He's always good. Yep. Every performance is good. Uh, you know, this is just one of those movies that. Yeah, where he's where Ron's making him read the script. Oh, of like, God. like, it's so funny. But, you know, so much about this movie uh, was good. I, I think maybe maybe I was more nitpicky because we are so um, not far removed from watching Do the Right Thing. 
Yeah. And that might have been an unfair. Do you know what I mean? A, I, I do want, it is a very I good do, movie. Yeah. I do wonder if I hadn't just watched Do the Right Thing like a month ago. Yeah. Would I be even more, you know, was I a little nitpicky because I think Spike Lee and I'm, I'm thinking Do the Right Thing. And Do the Right Thing is a transcending, you know, generational film. This is just a, is a really good film. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, what St- what Spike Lee does really well is is point the, you know, shine the spotlight, like, <laughs> you know, pull all the cockroaches out of the darkness um, and and let you sit with it. And I and so I felt that same feeling that you got and do the right thing where it's that tension that he creates um and then invites you into the understanding that like this this isn't just a fictional art piece right like this is the world that we live in and i you know for an artist to be able to do that that well more than once certainly worth an oscar or two yeah, and he finally got his. Uh, okay, so uh, Black Klansman is available to stream. I got it from the library. Um, we signed up for Cinemax for a free trial in order to, <laughs> yeah. to watch that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, a little Skinemax in our life. Yeah, you still have that? <laughs> no, everybody that should see. There? I think I think this is a must watch. Yeah, very fun. It was great. Movie. It was great. Uh, all right, it is time for game of the week. <laughs> Should have made scout dance. Uh, this week's game of the week is higher or lower. Uh, so this week we're asking: Is Black Klansman higher or lower um, as a film than these other period films that we have watched on mm. com majors before? Uh, all right, so we've done a myriad of period films. Um, so here we go. Uh, let's start out with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is Black Klansman higher or lower than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Who's going first? I don't know. I think we should just all say it at the same time. Ready? Well, that's not easy on a podcast. No, we can do it. We're going to count into it. Ready? Three. No, no. What Brian's saying is like, if we accomplish what you're asking, yeah. it's going to sound terrible. <laughs> <laughs> But we talk it, over no. each other all the time. Yeah, but not, not in a concerted effort. Usually there's like a blending where it's like going over. I have a feeling okay. though we're all going to say the same word. And so then it's going to be fine. Let's just try it. Just okay. for Katie, fine. just for one okay. time. Okay, all right, here we go. All right, three, two, one. Lower. Lower. See, yeah. okay. it worked. All right, there we go. All right. Once um, upon a time in Hollywood is higher. Yes. Okay. Um, is Black Klansman higher or lower than Dirty Dancing? Now, may I may I, may I ask a qualifying question? Mm-hmm. Are we evaluating it as a period film or just as a film in general? As a film. Having the, it's a film. Just, it's as just a film. I just yeah. use period films we've done because we've done seventy six now so yeah. we have to we have to provide some sort of uh category here okay all right one two three lower. higher, higher. Mm. i i love dirty dancing love dirty dancing but i would say the artistry of this movie is still a little 
bit above <laughs> Dirty Dirty Dancing is an amazing story with great actors and actresses and wonderful music. Mm -hmm. But I think that this film shows a little more skill. Yeah, I think I would flex. I would probably be likely if you gave me the choice of the two to watch Dirty Dancing. Right. Right. But as a film and what's been done, I appreciate probably more what Spike Lee has done. Well, and I think what you're speaking to, it, you know, is important to note, right? Like Black Klansman isn't a movie that you're going to keep rewatching because it makes no. you feel good. It doesn't make you feel good because it's some of the worst parts of our society. Yeah, but, no, that, I but do, that's why it's important. I, 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 I was recommending it today to people. I, oh, no, I, I think you've got to watch it. it. Yeah. I think at people some, have to watch it. At some point to watch it again. But, but I don't I, think dirty, folks are signing up dancing, to like watch it for fun on the weekends. Yeah, dirty Dancing also takes very little investment to watch. Right. Yeah. And I think they're, you know, I mean, yeah. so which is part of it. Okay, here we go. Uh, next up, would you um, rank Black Klansmen higher or lower than a league of their own? All right. Okay. Uh, do we want to do it individually here? No. <laughs> all right uh you have a lot of three, movies on this list bry we gotta go all right we're almost done three two one Lower. higher, higher. <laughs> i think i would have a similar similar same, argument yeah. for, for your dirty dancing okay uh the hours okay higher or lower three two one lower. higher higher <laughs> Clearly, Katie and I. <laughs> Wait, I think I got confused on that one. <laughs> I can't believe you. Yeah. I know. I was shocked. Which one no, do you sorry. rank higher? The, the hours, hours is higher Klansman. than Black Klansman okay. for me. Actually, you know what? I might even, I might even pick the hours actually yeah. is higher than Black Klansman. All right. And our fi final one, uh, The Favorite, mm -hmm. which we watched to start our Oscars. Mm -hmm. Three, two, one. Lower. 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 Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I enjoyed The Favorite. That's, by the way, both were Oscar, obviously, because it's Oscar month nominated and have winners or they yeah. wouldn't even. You know, what's funny is like, I, I understand why you would pick Black Klansmen to be higher than Dirty Dancing and the League of Their Own. But I think as far as like comparing them, um, those will have more, those two movies will have more longevity than any other two movies on this list. I agree with that. And, but but I think you're looking favorite? at it right. But no, no, Dirty Dancing and the League of Their Own. <sighs> oh, okay, yes. But uh, that's, yes, but that's you know, when we go but back this to is, like this why... Is why this is why <laughs> comedy and and horror and certain genre films have such a hard time getting purchased at the Oscars because yeah, the the level of like how Black Klansman makes you feel, they are never going to hit that note, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But they can hit the note on the other side, and people don't recognize that as as deep of a feeling. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think that even as we took, we picked Oscar films this month, I don't feel most Oscar winning films are films that you rewatch yeah. every year. They're I, just not. I think Jim, you might be right in terms of the the. But I'm not even talking about like the rewatchability. Like I guess I sort of am, but but I mean, but you're talking about the the like what it invokes. Like I think like there's a reason you rewatch certain movies. Yeah, and it's it's 
it connects with you on a personal level. I think at least I think people want to rewatch it. And a lot of Oscar films, they clearly tend to be about an agenda usually. Yeah. Well, and I I also think people approach art in general this way, which is that if something makes you feel good, it's just, it's just popcorn movie or it's, it's pop music. It's not it's to the side. It's right. not it can't be, it can't be, it can't be super artistic. It needs. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like when you look at the, the list of Oscar winners that there have been those movies that have been acknowledged over the years that were just like feel good movies that everybody loved that had great acting and you know, and it, oh, it's, it, listen, it certainly happens from time yeah, to yeah. time, but I, I, would wonder if you do a deep, a but I'm not. By, but you guys are twisting it. this a little right. bit. I'm not talking about the Oscars. I was. That's like an example of what I was talking about. We're comparing Black Klansman to two movies that you you put it above. I don't know. I I I honestly think both of those accomplished what they were trying to accomplish better than Black Klansman did. Mm, that could be fair. Okay. I I. I I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. I don't know. I, I, I'd have to struggle. I think I'd have to think and a about League of Their Own has what I consider to be the best Tom Hanks performance, and he's probably going to end up being. But I, I think it's like comparing, you know, the kid that's taking AP anatomy to the kid who's taking like, you know, standard bio senior year. Like, you know, I think there's there what is some are you credit talking about. You have there's to credit for like doing a harder thing i think spike lee is trying to do a harder thing well, let's let's see him make a comedy as as strong as the well, league of their own yeah i you know what i the, no it's, it is it's, it's, it's not easier to make black no, clansmen no, than to make a comedy you as know, good as the league of their own i'm telling you might be the hardest thing to make yes yeah. i you know what it is i think Jim's point is valid in the sense that perhaps Black Klansmen, we need more time away from it. There, there's something that still resonates. Jim's right. I think it's their own and Dirty Dancing. I mean, these are films 20 some odd years ago that are still affecting us in ways. And, and Spike Lee has one of those and do the right thing. I, you know, I, is Black Klansmen do the right thing? I just have to push back on it because I think. The human nature is going to be to lean into the things that make us feel good, right? And so, yeah, every time people are going to choose to watch the movies that make us feel good, they're not going to keep rewatching the movies that. Why are we start- talking about rewatching? Because that's what you're talking about. No, you're talking about that, He's like pe- about the people. Of the film. He's, no, that people I, I are going to remember that. these movies. The people are going to keep be be watching these movies for the foreseeable future. But. Showing them to their kids. But what I, yeah, but what I just, okay. The, what I just said was that you, and when you compare apples to apples, you picked every other movie that is a more serious movie over Black Klansman. And then when you compare it to two more lighthearted movies that you would probably put over almost any other lighthearted movie, you gave it to Black Klansman. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just want to call that to light. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I'm just saying that that's interesting because it has come up an, a few times about how certain movies, and I totally disagree with you on 
the AP bio, I think that's degrading to a certain sect of filmmakers. That's, I, I don't agree on that one. Okay. All right. I can solve this problem right now. Three, two, one. Black Klansmen, <laughs> higher or lower than chances are. Three, two, one. Higher. Lower. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Yet again, I have solved marital crisis. Uh, it is time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth! What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? What? Why? Ah, this week on Five Questions, Katie will be answering. And I just realized I'm changing my Dirty Dancing response because I forgot the director of Dirty Dancing is also the director of Chances Are. So I'm. <laughs> he only directed like three movies, right? He died. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know that Jim and I short. are going to stay up for an hour having this conversation after I the podcast. I'm going to get off of this as quick as possible. <laughs> That's why I'm pushing this show along. I want to get the hell out of here as fast as possible. Uh, Katie's answering this week because. Black Klansman was her movie. Uh, question number one, thumbs up or thumbs down question. Of course, the amazing Topher Grace was in this film. Uh, are you thumbs up or thumbs down on that 70s show? I'm going to go a thumb in the middle. Uh, I think I've seen a few episodes. I recognize. Is this a good. pop-addled episode? Your thumb is like one, three. I, I loved that 70s show. I never, like, I never I even watched it. one season consistently. So I feel like I've seen bits and pieces and it was funny and I like those actors and actresses, though Ashton Kutcher always rubbed me the wrong way. But, you know, it seemed Th great. Thumb sideways. Thumb okay. sideways for me. Okay. Uh, question number two. Would you rather see Spike Lee direct an action movie or a horror movie? That's going to be action for me every single time. Yeah. It, you can Inside, put any no, other, I guess it's not action. But put ev any other director thriller, into that it? question. It's still going to be action. Okay. Would Katie rather see an action movie or a horror movie every single time an action movie? <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, question number three, our fill in the blank question. I'd love to see Adam Driver co-star in a film with blank. This is so hard. Oh, I want to see him with all of the people. I'm going to go. All the people. I want to see him with all of the people. I'm trying to think of like two of my favorite people. that I, wa okay. I, want, I want him to be on screen with. Lupita. I want him to be on screen with Lupita. Lupita, Lupita Nyongo. No. Yep. All right. That's what All right, I want. Perfect. All right. Good. Great answer. All right. Uh, question four, our favorite question. What's your favorite Denzel Washington movie? I'm going to go with Return of the Titans. It's, <laughs> it's the most. Jim, that's what we're after. Remember, remember. The yeah, Jedi. Jim, I, just, I had it in my brain. I was quiet. like, do I have this right? Is that the right R word? <laughs> Return do, of the King? I no. do want to add that Katie just invalidated your criticism of her. She could have picked Malcolm X and instead I she know picked she picked Remember the, the Titans, Titans, which is it's hilarious. A, it's, it is. I think it's my most memorable. Like it is a good. I do enjoy that movie. It's very for good. Denzel. I, I looked through the list because that's what I was saying. I'm like, is there a movie I'm forgetting that I loved him in oh, Training Day and and I, that. So the other one I was thinking was Training Day and Man on Fire. I love Man on Fire. Oh, Man on Fire is really good movie. He's creasy. 
I like Greasy. those Titans. I like those Titans. Pelican Brief. I was looking at Pelican. Yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's done some great movies. Yeah. Yes. I'm not sure I consider that a great movie, actually. But no, no it's not good. It is, no. it is I streaming. Seen that in it years. is streaming on an Amazon Prime. I remember liking it. Um, oh, all that? right, Bone Collector. Yeah, it's a good oh, one too. Collector. That's a good one too. All right, our Luis deep Guzman. thoughts. Inside Man. Inside Man. Oh, so many good ones. Hey, uh, deep good thoughts. Okay, question okay. Yep. of the week. Does any club or organization have a more ridiculous uniform, as I use air quotes, than the KKK? Yeah, the Boy Scouts. Oh, you think <laughs> the Boy Scouts costume is more ridiculous than the the the, 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 the shorts? Something about you yeah. know the combination of the shorts. Do they wear shirt. shorts? Oh, they I guess wear shorts yeah. a lot. Right. Or is double, that the double greenish brown and then the, the tabbies the, the, the and the little, little tie. Oh. The the hood though, yeah. You know, the like, hood's the, awful. The uh, I love if and I think we talked about this before. If you have never seen Django Unchained, there's a scene oh. where Jonah Hill and a bunch of other people play KKK guys who had their wives make their hoods the night before, mm. and she, and the one wife forgot to cut the hole. So it's like a hole. It's it, another great, another great scene where someone is you know lampooning the KKK and I. I love that. I have another ridiculous uh, uniform. Oh, okay. The the police officers that wear the shiny high black boots and the like shiny oh, it's, it's jacket. It's like the dress, right? What is it? It's like their dress. No, no, attire. no, no. Formal is what I mean. No, 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 no. I think that's very classy. No, it's more like I feel like I'll see them sometimes, like maybe the highway like, patrol, like maybe highway patrol. Chips. Are like, you like oh, you mean like state chips? police? Yeah, like they'll have like yeah. the like a high boot yeah. going on, and then like a weird like puffy coat. Like it's very pompy. I don't know. It's like a it's a really weird look. Yeah, that's a high. Like, that's, whenever I see yeah. that police officer, I'm like, I feel like I would lose respect for you just because you're wearing this outfit. Like I, I feel like I would say something dumb and get myself arrested because you're wearing this getup. Yeah. Yeah, way. I don't think it's as dumb as the... I want to see. I want to see some pictures. Give me some pictures of the highway patrol. Oh, the Ku Klux Klan is awful, awful uniform. Who thought of it? I don't know. They need, it's a, it's they a great need question. somebody to do a redesign. If anybody's interested, feel free and you dislike the Ku Klux Klan. I have many great articles, in particular, one of my students and I read about how Ulysses S. Grant as president wiped out the original Klan. Wow. And unfortunately, they returned and then returned again. Was it true that they returned after Birth of a Nation? Is that? Uh, That was part of it. Yeah, I believe that was true. Uh, Here's the thing. The Klan had a huge resurgence post-World War I uh, because they rolled their ideology not just into hatred of African-American and Jews, but also of immigrants. And in the 1920s, they actually had a parade right down the street in Washington, D.C., and you can find pictures of the Capitol, and it was tied uh, to the emergency emergency quota act and the quota act and the limiting of um, people from Eastern Europe who were socialist or communist coming into the country mm-hmm. post founding of the Soviet Union at the end of World I'm going to put the put the and highway history class. I'm going to put the highway people right on Brian's screen next to his face okay. for a minute so that everybody, everybody see look them. everybody see it. Uh, yeah, right. There. I mean, no, they're on the other side. Right. There. Yeah. Very yeah, good. Right Very there. good. And then uh, they're holding this. Is that their, is their, that helmet. their helmet? Yeah, it's like they're. It they're should, they look ridiculous. They look like. They look. Ridiculous. They look sort of like out of Lord of the Rings, like the. Uh, I was gonna say out of the village people. They look. Well, like, that yeah, looks uh, like those are village people costumes. This really 
It, well, this is NYPD looks, too, I think. That kind yeah. of looks like the costumes that the people were wearing in the Blue Oyster in the uh, in the Police Academy movies, which is supposed which to be the village people, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, I am now into Police Academy Four. For oh, I don't know wow. why you're He's doing committed. this to yourself. He's committed to it. Okay, I'm committed. This is the last Gutenberg, uh, so it might be it. For me. So I don't, I don't know if I'm going to continue the last on. Gutenberg. The last I do Gutenberg. love him. I don't. I though that. Him picture makes me wonder if we should do Dax Shepard's chips Wait, uh, film. You I, just made me remember something. Can I revise my answer? Adam Driver, Sam Elliott. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, that's a good one. He that could be, be Sam Elliott's dad. Blow up the internet. Son, right there. I think is what yeah, you no, yeah. Blow well, it Sam Elliott could be dad. Or it could be a time twist. Stop it. Make the movie. <laughs> Someone make the movie. <laughs> Make it. He was in a movie happen. with Bill Murray. He was in that zombie movie. I with don't Bill like Murray. Bill Murray. You don't like what? Bill Murray? Eh. What? I'll be honest. For years, I confused him and Chevy Chase. So oh I'm still. I have ambivalent oh feelings god. towards both of them. Oh my god! I'm, I'm <laughs> nauseous. I might throw up. <laughs> you realize the complicated <laughs> nature of what you just said, right? I, I, like, I hate him together? because I because for years I thought he was someone else Somebody that I didn't else. like. I know it's oh. kind of like how I confused you with somebody else and then I held it against you. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't know that you held it against me until yeah, right it's now. It's all really weird. <laughs> I was today years old. <laughs> all right. Um make sure you continue to like, share, subscribe. Uh we're up to almost Brian, uh, Did I do a, it today? Have I made dollar? you so disgusted that I'm you're not so, going to want to do this again? <laughs> so disgusted. And on that, could, I know could, I delight you. Let's talk uh, about our movie next week. Oh, the Rocket Man. No, not not oh, the Rocket. Is Man. it the Elton John film? No, no. <laughs> uh, our next few weeks, we are going to be exploring the wonderful world of Disney and Disney Plus. We're each going to be picking a Disney Plus film, uh, and I have selected for our first viewing uh, the Rocketeer. For I'm 19. so excited. I don't think I've seen this since I was a kid. I'm not even sure I saw the whole thing. I saw as it as a kid in you the drive-through drive-in. I keep calling it the mm -hmm. drive-through theater, which is a whole different kind sure. of theater. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a kid-friendly film. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if you are a Commagers listener and you have a, uh, have a some one. children, so pop maybe, on the Disney Plus. Maybe this will be one of those movies though that we watch with the kids, and we're like. Meh. I don't know. A lot of, I've seen a lot of people. That. A lot of people on social media have been talking about this movie and showing. I see a lot of people talking about showing their kids Pretty Woman too. So there's that. <laughs> By the way, before we go, and I'm only bringing this up because we weren't overly long this episode. I was in the grocery store today, and People Magazine has a commemorative Pretty Woman edition oh magazine. My. They're, they're selling for thirteen ninety nine. Watch out. The making of Pretty Woman. You know who's got that? Jamie Rogers. Jamie Rogers. She has not Jamie been Rogers. back. I know. I we alienated her for life. No. We thought she was kidding. Nope. She's she busy. Never came back. Never she's came back. She's a busy person. Tag she's her on this. I promise you. She's gone. She, she's got a lot going on. She, nope. Doesn't. She'll be okay. We she, lost she'll her forever. Come back. She was suggesting movies for us to watch recently. Yeah. So we're know. okay. I think with it that. was the unthinkable. I think we crossed the line for her. Um. All right. Well, we'll see everybody next week for mm -hmm. the Rocketeer. Say goodbye. Say goodbye, say goodbye Scout. Scout. This is a podcast again, Katie. I know I have to remind you. <laughs> that was week. Scout talking, though, Brian. You didn't know. <laughs> <laughs>
dog does not talk. I made the dog talk into the okay. microphone. Play, uh, go listen to some Chris Isaac and continue your argument. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye.